Oh, one thing. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I have a real treat. I am with Seattle Mariners commentator Dave Sims. How are you doing this morning, Dave? Well, Mitch, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, not a whole lot. I am super excited to have you on. I've been a lifelong Mariners fan, so this is a real treat for me and I'm sure a lot of my listeners because we're from kind of the Seattle market area up here in Montana. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so how did you get your get connected to be with the Mariners and what's kind of your history of, you know, um, broadcasting? Well, I've been, uh, been broadcast in sports media for coming up on uh, half a century now and uh, started out <laughs> as a sports writer, done sports talk shows, anchor, produced the whole thing. And a lot of play-by-play -play for the last, oh uh, yeah, 30, yeah, 30, like that, 32 years. I started out at Temple Foot. Temple University football, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, Westwood One, NFL, you know, NBA, and did some baseball work at ESPN. And and, and anyway, so um, job came open, and you know, a friend told uh, told my brother, my brother-in-law, and said, "Hey, you know, you might like this open." I had done some games in Seattle for ESPN, and and you know, applied like anybody anybody else, and uh, and I wound up being a winner. I won that lottery. And it's, uh, I'm in year 16. It's in, it's gone fairly fast. It's been great. That's awesome. So you've been able to be a part of some great Mariners history in the last 16 years. What has been your favorite memory to be able to call? Um, there's been a couple, well, the Felix, the Felix Perfecto, the big comeback in San Diego, and the Hanniger uh, game 161 last year probably would be the top three without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Without I mean, I, I remember sitting in my living room during Felix's Perfecto, and I don't have very many nails, but I was biting them, like just yeah. hoping he would get the Perfecto. Yeah. <laughs> now, the main thing is he won the game, and the fact that he made history, I think, well, that's still, I mean, there's been a bunch of double hit at double hitters, I, I, no hitter since then. But I think that's still the last most recent, uh, most recent perfecto, I believe. I could be wrong enough, but I did. I think you're perfect. right. And yeah. there's been a few bids to be the perfect game. And I every time there is one, I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't want it to go bad. But uh, I'm like, it's gonna happen. You need to just, you just move <laughs> on. It'll if they're not taking away that Felix Perfecto, it's all it's it's on the books forever. The video lives forever. No, it's all good stuff. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So one cool thing that I like about Seattle sports is it seems like, you know, I mean, with King Felix, Griffey, Ichiro, the city of Seattle really heralds their stars. Um, how cool would it be for this group of guys to be able to make the playoffs? What would it mean for the city of Seattle? Oh, I mean, everything. I mean, breaking the longest drought in North American, current North American uh, sports uh it would be a tremendous story i mean we had people i still hear from people now here we are middle of mid late may and i still hear people when i see them for the maybe see them for the first time in a long time or whatever said hey we were rooting for you guys last year i've heard a lot of that sentiment i think a lot of you know people in the in our party have, have seen that so no it, it's it would be huge it really would be for sure so you're in boston right now um where is the neatest ballpark to go to and then what is the best like ballpark food in the country? I'm not a ballpark food guy. 
I don't, I don't, I honestly, God, I don't, I don't, I'm at this state. I've reached this far because I don't, I don't really jump into it anymore. I did it as a kid. It's not something that's particularly, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, you know, again, maybe if I can get a slice of pizza, if I can get a, a you know, a deli sandwich or something like that, ballpark food doesn't, doesn't make me go wow. Uh, great ballparks. I mean, this, this is here in Boston, you got, you know, it's built in 1912 Fenway park. I mean, Wrigley, uh, those two jump out Dodger stadium, because it's one of the older, uh, uh, maybe if you will, newer generation, it's 60 years old or thereabouts, uh, you know, it's always a treat to go to Yankee Stadium. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but Wrigley, San Francisco, I mean, and, and you know, Boston, anything that, that still has the old school flavor and, you know, harkens back to, to baseball history and whatnot, those are good. For sure. So the Mariners have the All-Star game next year. And how neat is that going to be to bring that whole weekend to the city of Seattle? Well, the whole baseball world will be here for like a week and change, so that'll be good. And uh, you know, Seattle has a chance to get very chesty and and tout itself and and uh, brag about itself and show off and get everything all cleaned up and ready to go. I think it'll be what the third All Star game, what seventy nine, I think oh one ish, two thousand oh one, I think it was, and then twenty three. So now it'll be great. Everybody, you know, the the whole organization is pretty excited. There's a lot of people working full time on that. I mean, it's coming up quickly. I mean, when when you think about it, I mean, here we are, May, late May, and I think it's going to be uh, July of 23. So it'll be here before you know it. No, that is awesome. So this year, um, Griffey has kind of bought into the Mariners, which I think is really cool. How cool is it to have those past players still have connections to the team? It's great, but I mean, you know, right now we're – it's all about winning. I don't think anybody, I mean, I, I'm friendly with junior. I talk to him periodically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have him on board. He's got you know, tremendous insights as a, as a former, you know, as a hall of fame player. Uh, and I think, I think his influence uh, should be, I think it could be significant and what will be significant, but it's not something, you know, it's not something to think about. Hey, you know, we get Griffey, he was a hall of famer. And that, that's great, but that's behind the scenes. And, you know, that, that's out of my, you know, out of my pay grade, I'm I'm worried, you know, worried about what we're going to do on the field and, and how we're going to perform and, and how far we can go this year. For sure. So how exciting was last year? I mean, it went down to the last day. Well, the last couple of weeks were phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the boys came out of nowhere and, and uh, they made a great run, made some clutch, before, a lot of clutch performances. I mean, you saw it, you were watching it. Uh, you know, we had big houses, uh, you know, the last, that last homestand or two. And yeah, it was super exciting. It was, it was, it was, it was neat to be around. It really was. It was great. That's awesome. And then, how cool has it been to see the emergence of JP Crawford and Ty France really just come out of their own this year? Well, you know, JP, his hitting, you know, he's, since he's been here and since he's worked with Perry Hill, his defense has been stellar. He won a gold glove a couple of years ago. His hitting has massively improved. Uh, the consistency's been outstanding this season. Ty France, mm-hmm. you know, he always he looks hitterish when as, as Jay Buner always said, looks hitterish, and that's true. The guy can hit, and he's mm-hmm. not he's not up there trying to hit home runs. Every he's trying to put the ball and play hard somewhere, and he does, and he does it, and you can't shift on him. So, in in today's uh, baseball, that that you know, that's old school, but you know it, it's fairly unique in uh, in today's baseball. 
Yeah, for Ty France, when he's not getting hit by the pitch, he's uh, hitting the ball. It seems like. Yeah, uh, he's not. He's a special player, man. He's he's fun to watch. He's, he's reliable too, and the main thing you want to keep him healthy. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's really nice to see uh, Mariners players getting national recognition like those two, and you know, I mean, um, Logan Gilbert's doing well. Kirby's come on strong his first couple of starts. It's been really nice to see. Yeah, they've, they've gained national attention. There's no doubt about that. And the thing is now, you know, and last year, I think, I don't know, the record's fairly similar. So, you know, hopefully this year we'll get a turnaround and, and, and make a run before it's too late. Uh, that'll happen soon. For sure, for sure. So you have a couple of catchphrases, like giddy up and go is one that you say a lot when there's an exciting hit for the Mariners. Where did you get those and where did you come up with that? Organic. I mean, uh, I watched it, you know, when I was a kid, there was a lot of our main source of entertainment on TV, you know, in this country, Westerns predominated. So, yeah, you'd always see, you know, hear Cowboys, you know, on TV shows or movies saying giddy up and, and, you know, it's just sort of a feel kind of thing. And it, it just, it, it, you know, it was organic. You don't know think these things, you know, I sort of try it out. Basically, any, there's been a couple things that I've, I've come up with and I just go with it sometimes. And other times I've run up by my sons and, uh, and just take it from there. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's visceral. I want, you know, I want the Mariners to win. And, you know, it's, you know, the whole, the notion of uh, being right down the middle, you know, a broadcaster. Hell, I'm the TV and you know I'm an announcer for the, for the Mariners. I want them to win. I'm not gonna. I mean, I praise the other team, and I I have high respect and admiration for athletic accomplishment. So I acknowledge that as well. But what's happening with your team? You, you know, you put it. It goes to a different level, to another level, to a higher level. For sure, and you know that comes through that you want the Mariners to win. I mean, I was talking with my brother the other day when I found out that you were coming on the show. And he's like, oh, that's so cool, because you can tell that he is a fan of the Mariners on top of being the announcer, because you just bring, bring so much life into the game for the Mariners. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, was, I was raised right. I'll just put it that way. And, and you know, if you're going to – you're in a, I'm in a job that I absolutely love and, and a profession that I love. And, you know, you want to – you know, you want that to exude – uh, and you want that to be a part of your of the broadcast. I mean, it's it's just being honest. For sure. So I looked up your Wikipedia a little bit before this, and I see that you have a radio show with Coach K. 17 years. It's been going great. Basketball and Beyond, Sirius XM. We usually run from uh, mid-October to early April, and we talk about, obviously, basketball, talk about the new program, but we talk to people or personalities in sports and business, and it's been great. It's been a great run. I mean, coaches retired from, you know, from the, that part of the game, and I, I, I'm hoping the last I heard is that he's going to continue with the show, which is fine with me. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, he is an absolute legend, probably the best coach, if, well, one of the best at least, in college basketball. Oh, he's so in awesome. a conversation. I mean, after, you know, Coach Wooden won 10, 10 titles in, what, 11 years or whatever it was. And, you know, Mike's won a whole bunch, won more games than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's, you know, we're talking top of the pyramid. No, for sure. That is awesome. And that's on Sirius XM? Yeah. Yeah, during, like I said, from October, mid-October to right after the Final Four. That's, that's so cool. So, 
what is your favorite part of the job and what does a typical day look like for you? Well, lately, uh, particularly in the last two years with uh, the COVID and everything, you know, everybody podcasts are everywhere and I try to help people out and do those. But, you know, uh, like today, uh, well, we've got, I've got an important Zoom meeting and in-house Zoom meeting we have to do. But, you know, no, normally I go out, get breakfast, get something to eat, come back, work out, get my scorebook started, finishing up from last night and get to the ballpark by, you know, uh, 3, 3.30 and then uh, get to work, you know, put the scorecard together, get down to the field, watch BP, talk to guys, work, try to work both clubhouses and then uh, call the game. That's so cool. So what is your connection to the team i mean are you pretty connected to the team clubhouse or what is your i'm in there i'm i'm you know i'm in the clubhouse on the field you know pretty much every day um particularly particularly at home you know like in a situation here we're in boston try to i didn't get a chance yesterday hopefully i get a chance today but go into their clubhouse and talk to a couple guys just say hello hey what's going on try to get a pulse talk to the manager talk to alex cora uh at the batting cage um, no, it's funny. You gotta, you know, it's, I love the quote, Bill Parcells, you gotta shop for groceries. You gotta have something to talk about. You just don't go in and start calling the game. I mean, you got numbers. You can, you know, you can't, you can't number a broadcast. You can't, you know, beat it to death with numbers. You gotta, you, know, you also have to bring personal stories, anecdotes, uh, you know, uh, references, observations from, uh, people in and around the game. And that's, and then you put it all together and then you have a, a really good, you know, like a, a veritable uh, pot of stew to talk, talk baseball and, and it's going to be for three hours. So you better have something you better be armed with something to talk about. No, definitely. Definitely. So something about you that I love is your style. Where did you get that? And what influence did you have for that? In terms of clothes, you mean? Yeah. I mean, you always wear really cool hats on, on air and you're just really stylish every game. Um, no, I was in my, my, I had a grandfather who was a tailor. You know, I, I went to Catholic school and always had to wear a shirt and tie. I went to a prep school, always had to wear a shirt and tie. So that's not a big deal for me. And, uh, you know, you might as well have a trademark. I know the late, great Richie Ashburn, great player, Hall of Famer was a, broad, a legendary broadcaster in Philly, and he always had on like newsboy type caps. The Kangol cap works for me. Uh, I probably have, I don't know, we got maybe 15 or 20 of them. I just saw Kevin Euclid. He had uh, the, the former Red Sox and um, Red Sox and Yankee. And, and we've, we've, I used to chat with him all the time when he was playing. Good guy. So he was wearing a cap. I saw him in a cap yesterday. He said, oh, another cap guy. He says, yeah, I got these guys here in Boston. They make them. I'll send them to you. So I gave him my addresses. And I had these guys send stuff. And we did hat, We did a line of hats about kind of 10 years ago now. And uh, we sold those for a while and made a few dollars and had some fun. So, you, you know, you, got, you might as well have some fun doing this job, you know. And, oh, yeah, you bring, out your, you bring out your own personality. It's going to come out one way or the other. And you might as well make it, uh, you know, you know, have some fun. That's awesome. So everyone kind of has their role model growing up. And I just want to know, you know, who was yours growing up for broadcasting that you wanted to look or that you wanted to emulate? Uh, the list is as long as your arm. I mean, uh, uh, growing up in Philly, there was a guy named Bill Campbell who did, was born and raised Philadelphian who did, and, you know, when I was a kid, he was doing the Eagles and then he transitioned over to do 
he was throwing the Warriors when Wilt Chamberlain was there. He was throwing the Sixers when Dr. J was there. He did the Phillies. And he was he was an all around all around guy. And then there's you know guys I've subsequently met <clears throat> who are national, who are big fans. I mean, I like uh, the late Charlie Jones, uh, uh, Marty Glickman, uh, uh, what was it? Marty Glickman, Dick Enberg, obviously Ben Scully. Uh, I said Charlie Jones. Oh, Bob Wolf in, in Washington. Um, you know, Kurt Gaddy was an influence. You know, Costas is a peer. And he's only he's like a year older than I am, but I've always enjoyed his work. So there, there's so many, and um, it, it yeah, you know, if you pay attention, you can you pick up little nuances and things uh, from other guys, and then you know you meld it in with your own personality and go from there. That's awesome. So you mentioned Vin Scully, who is an absolute legend in broadcasting. What was he like in the booth, you know, and what was he like as a person? Well, he's, uh, you're talking about, he's still very much present. Um, no, I know. I'm saying like, when you uh, met but him, that's what I, I meant like that. Interacting with him. He's one of the nicest men you could ever meet. And uh, it, he's been very generous with his time over the years. I remember 2000, I think it was 14. We were down at Dodger Stadium on Jackie Robinson day. And the day before we got in, I said, Hey, can I come in and you know sit down and talk to you about Mr. Robinson? He said, yeah, we did it. And, and it was great told a heck of a story wow. and uh, you know, we've had interactions and for a while there, I think I missed them this year, but I started, we have a mutual friend and I, I, one year I called him on his birthday and I did that for about five or six years. So, you know, he, he set the, a very, a very high bar in broadcasting and specifically baseball broadcasting. And I mean, he's a guy that, you know, if you wanted to, if you were in a room with veteran broadcasters, Maybe not so much young, but, but I would say anybody who's probably 40 and older, a bunch of broadcasters, if you met, if you just mentioned Scully's name, you probably half of them, if you told them to genuflect at the mention of his name, they would. I mean, he, he's had that, that kind of an influence and he's, he's such a class act and such a wonderful person. No, he is. And um, a great broadcaster, like you said, I mean, I remember listening to him and he is great for sure. So um yeah. Is there anything else you want to add while we're kind of wrapping up? Oh, me. I, I, you know, my, my day is just starting to get ready. We're starting to ramp up here. So whatever you got, you better get it out now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hey, Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming on and go Mariners. And let's hope the rest of the season goes well, right? Yeah, you bet. We got to start winning some games on the road. <laughs> yes. be a big help. Yeah. All right. Hey, be well. Take care of yourself. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, too.